Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Battle of Gettysburg. So grab your open field. And let's get civical. everybody hello everyone welcome back to let's get civical i am lizzie stewart and i'm arden walentowski and today i have nothing i have (laughs) nothing to say (laughs) i i feel you struggling i likewise I feel like we probably should have reversed ordered on this recording day and done the other no. one first because it's so fun. I think this is this is as fun as it gets. Sort of the deadliest battle in American history. This Can is I true. get a hey oh hey <laughs> yes. How are you feeling after your tree up? Oh my trip? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was in I was on the West Coast, you guys, and let me tell you they're wild and they have bled me dry mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, financially. But mm-hmm. I had a great time. That's awesome. Listen, yes. when you have no water, what can you expect? What can you expect? Severe dehydration. Shout out to shout out to water. Shout out to the crucial element. Mm-hmm. The reason we all live, the reason we all draw breath. It's water. <laughs> it's water. It's H2O. Oh, my God. Um, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm also glad you're back. And you're about to depart on a a journey as well. It's, you know, we're we're hitting the season of where in the world is Arden? (laughs) It's coming upon us. That will start to happen in about a little less than a month from now. We are going on another road trip, and so we will keep you posted. Hopefully, we will not be recording as many on the road just because we're going to some more deserty places and yeah. god forbid there not be weefy. I mean to weefy has really changed our game. Like it mm-hmm. it would bring me to my knees to lose it. Mhm. I don't know what I would do. Read? <laughs> don't stop. Literally Please. like Please. I'm upset that you said that. Uh, yeah, there are no. two books on my nightstand. They have been there since I moved into this apartment a year ago. Well, they're coasters. They're coasters. Ask me how many times I've opened them. I think once. Okay, but they look that, great. You know they're, what? All you need is one shot, one opportunity. That's you know. it. That's it. They that's are it. a good decorative 
sign of intelligence that I have them on my nightstand coaster. Nightstand coaster. Shout out to all the books that are coasters. That's right. And you know what? They they hold a cup of coffee, a yeah. glass of wine. Water. Water. Oh. Equally as well. <laughs> Third on the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Third on the liquids, which mm-hmm. we love. Yep. Yes. Yes. And the transition to our episode topic is coming to me henceforth. Oh. Um, well... In order, there was a lot of journeying to get mm. to this battle. What mm. a journey it was. Just what true. a journey it's been. I really, I'm grasping at straws. You're doing very but, well. Thank you so much. But today, obviously, and it's so obvious based on the conversation we've already had, mm-hmm. we are talking about the Battle of Gettysburg, the infamous <laughs> Battle of Gettysburg. I don't know how you could think we would be talking about anything else. Truly, it, I, it was so obvious. <laughs> I that... kept dropping hints along the way. Along Eat the way. the breadcrumbs, Hansel. The Union soldiers coasted to victory, which is A, not true, and B, a poor use of that word. Yes. Both of those things are correct. Not true. They did not coast to victory. Um, it was a hard-fought battle. Yeah. Rough rough lots of people died um really really bad really really bad. really bad really really bad the uh and the reason why we're talking about it is because we are and it makes me want to actually throw up we are about to be in july <laughs> this episode will come out right before the the turn to july and the battle of gettysburg which i didn't i didn't know to me gettysburg was always in like november right like it was always it's uh, always uh-huh. cold it's always cold and it's wet yeah like for some reason in my mind it's been cold wet rainy yeah whatever it was literally the dead of summer mm-hmm. quite simply july 1 that they did this that they did this and they did it, it right was hot be- right it was hot it was they did it right before the the july 4th anniversary yikes yeah it's it and it was it was a bloody bloody battle that changed the course of american history i i my own humble opinion for the better yeah because it really turned around the the war for for the union yeah and so we're gonna talk about it we're gonna talk about how we got to the war why we had the war the three days not the war the battle the three days of the battle and and the aftermath of the battle of gettysburg including a little bit of the gettysburg address because which We've done a whole episode on. We have. We have. And now we're going to talk about the battle herself. Hell yeah. But before we do that, let's do sources. So some stuff coming from Nat Geo Kids. Because Hell yeah. You know, I mean, know. it's going to be a good day when you bring a kid's website to my table. It really, I love it. I love them. I love children in a not creepy way. Mm-hmm. But I love when we educate children on things like. big casualties big casualties and this specifically i used for the why did we have this battle sure and you'll notice there's like a down tick (laughs) and it's basically like there were good people and bad people sure some of the bad people wanted to keep holding on to the people that they own yeah yeah um so a little bit of explainer there 
And then history.com because obviously. Obviously. And then because we're talking about a battlefield and a battle, battlefields.org. Another site that I absolutely love. I love. Like, we've, we've, we've been to her many a time. Anytime yeah. there's a battle, battlesfield.org has our back. Yes. In the same way that I think Oye's has I our back. I was just going to do. say, it is the equivalent of Oye for yeah. battlefields. And battles. It takes a village. It takes a village to raise these two podcast guests. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that and strong cups of coffee. Exactly. Okay, let's jump in, shall we? Let's okay. just swan dive right into what led to this battle. Let's go, Nat Geo kids. Here we go. The Battle of Gettysburg, fought from July 1st to July 3rd, 1863, is considered the most important engagement of the American Civil War. I love when they call battles engagements. Engagement. You know, make we them sound were. a little like, make them sound a little sexy. Uh, uh, we engaged on the battlefield. We yep. liaised on the battlefield. And it's like, <laughs> we had a correspondence. No. You slaughtered. You slaughtered on the battlefield. So many people. It was hot. It was bloody. You were gross. You were smelly. No, thank you. Not an engagement. The Civil War started in the United States two years earlier in 1861. The war was mostly over the issue of slavery. At the time, many white citizens owned black enslaved people. Then President Abraham Lincoln was against slavery and wanted to end it. And many people in the northern states agreed with him. However, most people in the southern states relied on these enslaved people to farm their crops and did not want slavery to end. So there's Nat Geo kids for you. Yeah. Putting it in a nutshell. Explaining it like we're children. Cause explaining it like we're children. It's I mean it like it's truly. It's, it's just true. like break it down. Yep. Break it down for me. That year, 1861, eleven southern states broke away from the United States, which was also known as the Union. The Southern States formed what would be called the Confederate States of America. And entering this country into civil war. So we have the Confederacy, which are 11 states mm -hmm. at 1861. Mm -hmm. And the Union. And the Union. Confederacy not a part of the United States. No, it was the point, actually, that they were not. It was actually the point. It was actually the whole thing. Except the they kept thing. most of the name. Well, of course they did. <laughs> They're not very original. Ha have we celebrated... This country for its originality on this show? Ever? When we talked about the Revolutionary War. That's true. There was some fun there. There was some fun there. But not so much fun here, I feel. No, not here. Not, I mean... This was this, a way bigger of a bummer. Yeah. For the next two years, battles were fought. Both sides experienced multiple wins and losses. But by 1863, the Confederate Army was in high spirits. The Confederate Army was doing great. They, they were. were doing very well. They were making a lot of gains mm -hmm. in a way that was like, yikes, mcgikes. I don't know if we're going to pull this off. I don't know how this is going to go. We may be losing the South. We may be losing the whole South. In May of 1863, Robert E. Lee's Confederate Army of Northern Virginia had scored a smashing victory over the Army of the Potomac at Chancellorsville. Chancellor? Chancellorsville? Chancellorsville. Shed. I think I was like, Chancellors. Chancellorsville. Because it's like Chandler. On Chandler. Chancellorsville. Chancellorsville. 
Brimming with confidence, Lee decided to go on the offensive and invade the North for a second time, the first being at Anaheim the previous fall. Nope, Antietam, not Anaheim. The first being at Antietam the previous fall. I think you need a shot. The first being at Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, you guys, you know, you know, you know me. Oh my god. You know me. This is why this is why you come to this podcast because oh my god. yes, you're being educated, but you're also listening <laughs> to real to people words. talk about real things. Anybody oh who says they can god. read aloud great is a liar. We a all, liar. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. This is staying in this episode because I'm not ashamed of who I am. How about oh that? Oh my god. <laughs> the first being <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I mean, you've seen those memes that are like was I the only one in second grade who when we started to do read aloud, I would count how many people were ahead of me to read so I could practice reading my paragraph in sure, my head. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody I think everybody did that. And that's why when the teacher then asked what's the story about, everybody was like cuz uh, they were only yeah. heard they only know their one paragraph and not even that well because they're just focusing on the individual yeah. sound so they don't sound like an idiot. You would think you would just think that over time I would get better, but it, it seems as though I just I just continue to get worse. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. So let me summarize what I just misread. So Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee is banging. He is he is collecting W's left and right. He, he got a win in Chancellorsville, yeah. and then he went north for the second time, because he had already been there when he took Antietam. He went north again. So he's, like, feeling himself. He's going boom, oh, bang, yeah. boom, wapada, shapada, hamada, He's getting down dong. and dirty. He's getting down and dirty. In addition to bringing the conflict out of Virginia and diverting northern troops from Vicksburg, where the Confederates were under siege... Lee hoped to gain recognition of the Confederacy by Britain and France and strengthen the cause of northern, quote, copperheads who favored peace. Copperheads? I know. I had never heard that before. Me I think either. It, uh, yeah. I'm guess, like snake, like you're a snake from the north who like, like or is it copper as up- in the currency? Oh. Were we, were we dealing in copper at this point? You know, I I don't know. That's okay. It could be both. Maybe it's both. Like, why I, both? Like, I, yes, copperheads. If you know why copperheads. Give us a shout. Give us a shout. On the Union side, so that's the Confederacy. On the Union side, President Abraham Lincoln had lost confidence in the Army of the Potomac's commander, Joseph Hooker, who seemed reluctant to confront Lee's army after the defeat at Chancellorsville. On June 28th, Lincoln named Major General George Gordon Meade to succeed Hooker. Meade immediately ordered the pursuit of Lee's army of 75,000, which by then had crossed the Potomac River into Maryland and marched on into southern Pennsylvania. So Lincoln's like, Bad. um, go Hello. get him. Uh, Off you go. And what's his face is like, Joseph is like, I don't want to go. Yeah, yeah, I don't he's feel. like, you don't want to go? Well, then that you're replaced. You're, yes. I'm not, if you're not willing to go defend the Union, then guess what? You get replaced as the leader yeah. that's supposed to be defending the Union. 
Because you're not doing your job. Right. It's one thing, I think, to kind of hold back on, like, invading them, right? And be like, oh, is this right. the most strategic move to kind of, like, get, provoke something? Right. But Robert E. Lee's already arrived. We we can't just let him come in. He's here. He's at our doorstep. We have to... He's knock, knock, knocking. Right. Push him off the doorstep. Yeah. And General George Meade is like, let me at him. Mm-hmm. Let me at him. Here I come. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. what happened at the battle death that's all i know all i know is everybody died that's the end of the episode everybody died. isn't that insane that that's literally like what we're taught Mm -hmm. in like the the spark nukes version of this battle is that so many people so many people died 
that's 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 the the log line, you know, yeah. of this battle. That every you say you ask anybody, you know, what what do you remember about being taught about the Battle of Gettysburg? They're gonna say it's the deadliest battle in America. The American deadliest history. battle and one of Death. the best speeches. A- like I mean, that's I would argue, isn't that post battle? That is post battle. Yeah, after all of the people who we talked about dying have died died at when they made it a cemetery so what happened during the battle elements of the two armies initially collided at gettysburg on july 1st 1863 as lee urgently concentrated his forces there his objective being to engage the union army and destroy it sure low ridges to the northwest of town were defended initially by a union cavalry division under brigadier general john buford and soon reinforced with two corps of Union infantry, so he's got more troops coming to him. However, two large Confederate corps assaulted them from the northwest and north, collapsing the hastily developed Union lines, sending the defenders retreating through the streets of town to the hills just to the south. So not a good start. Not a good start. Not a good start for the Union. I also, I love that Robert E. Lee was like, "Ah, my, my main objective here is to destroy the Union Army. Mm-hmm. That is, that is all, that's all. Like, just looking at his, like, his soldiers being like, you have one job. Yeah. Destroy. Destroy. And and he almost, he almost got away with it, too, if it wasn't for those meddling kids. Those meddling kids. Seeking to press his advantage before more Union troops could arrive, Liu gave discretionary orders to attack Cemetery Hill, to Richard Ewell, who had taken command of the of the Army of Northern Virginia's 2nd Corps after Lee's most trusted general, Thomas J. Stonewall Jackson, was mortally wounded at Chancellorsville. So a great, great battle for the Confederates, but not great because they lost Stonewall Jackson sure. at Chancellorsville. Ewell declined to order the attack considering the federal position was too strong. His reticence would earn him many unfavorable comparisons to the Great Stonewall. So at least there's generals on both sides who are like, I don't really want to go. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And you know what? I get it. Yeah. I get it. I also don't want to do this. I also do not want to do the Battle of Gettysburg, quite frankly. So I, you know, on the one hand, it is your job as a general to like do battle if battle is in front of you. It's in the job description. Assign troops, amass supplies, do battle. Do battle. Do battle. Do battle. Do it. Do it right now. But on the other hand, I do under. I can also understand that not all people make good generals. I don't think I would make a good general. I would just. I would not make a good general. I would probably be fairly. Like I could, I could do the competitive thing. It would be the killing part that I'm just like, can we just have an aggressive conversation? I don't really. Yeah. <laughs> we just yell a lot and then decide we're all pretty good people and we're and all good people. Go get a drink we're somewhere. all in this together. We're all in this together. We're all humans on this little rock floating in the in the universe. Like let's just come together at Anaheim. At Anaheim. <laughs> at Anaheim. Uh, let's all go to disneyland (laughs) let's do it let's do it so by dusk on that first day july 1st a union corp 
under Winfield Scott Hancock had arrived and extended the defense along Cemetery Ridge to the hill known as Little Round Top. How descriptive. Love. Sure. What does it look like to you? My little round top. The little round hill. A little round hill. And then okay, next to it is that. big square. Big square. Big square. Small circular tree. <laughs> Three more Union corps arrived overnight to strengthen the defenses. So the Union troops are coming. They're slow in coming, but they're coming and we're setting up a we're defense. Revving up. We're yes, revving we're, we're up. Revving up. Yes. So July 2nd, day two, act two, scene one. As the next day dawned, the Union Army had established strong positions from Culp's Hill to Cemetery Ridge. Lee assessed his enemy's position and determined, against the advice of his defensively-minded second-in-command, James Longstreet, to attack the Federals where they stood. He ordered Longstreet to lead an attack on the Union left while Ewell's corpse would strike the right near Culp's Hill. Though his orders were to attack as early in the day as possible, Longstreet did not get his men into position until 4 p.m. What were you doing? <laughs> he took a lunch and a smoke break. I mean, good God. Like nine, I get. But four? <laughs> That's not... Four p.m. As early in the day as possible. Let's just say... I'll Got see it. you at four. I need to have a little bit of a lion. I need to see us. Late afternoon work for you? Mm-hmm. Good I gracious. need a margarita. So he didn't get his men into position until 4 p.m. when they opened fire on the Union Corps commanded by Daniel Sickles. Over the next several hours, bloody fighting raged along Sickles' line, which stretched from the nest of boulders known as Devil's Den into a peach orchard, as well as a nearby wheat field and on the slopes of Little Round Top. Yeah. So there's fighting. Lots there's of fighting. fighting. They're fighting. It's chaos. They're fighting. It's chaos. Thanks to the fierce fighting by one main regiment, the Federals were able to hold Little Round Top, but lost the or- orchard. That's sad that we lost the orchard. They lost the orchard. Also, shout out to Maine. Shout out to this Maine regiment who just Hell like, yeah. They do not get there. Did they do not get enough credit for their work in this battle? I mean, my God. Yeah. So they they were able to hold Little Round Top, but lost the orchard, field, and Devil's Den. Sickles himself was seriously wounded. Ewell's men had advanced on the Union forces at Culp's Hill and East Cemetery Hill in coordination with Longstreet's 4 p.m. attack, but Union forces had stalled their attack by dusk. I just feel like. The Union had all day to kind of see what was going on. <laughs> this can't have been a surprise attack. <laughs> you know, it's not oh like it was in the cover God. of darkness. It's a four o'clock. It's a four o'clock in the afternoon. God, it's cocktail hour. In for the God's summer. Sakes. It's cocktail hour. It's the summer. Oh, my God. I mean, just like standing there being like, are those Confederate people ever going to move or we're just now? standing here should we maybe go really over there? thought they would have done this earlier See yeah what their deal is both armies suffered extremely heavy losses on july 2nd with 9,000 or more casualties on each side the combined casualty total from two days of fighting came to nearly 35,000, the largest two-day toll of the war oh so this is two days. We've lost 35,000 soldiers. Like, deceased. Mm-hmm. And we still have a day to go. 
And we haven't finished. And there's no conclusion to this battle yet. Oof. I just can't even, like, it's a sight that I think would it just be so shocking to walk away from a battlefield, any battlefield, not just yeah, this one, but ju- and just see, like, a sea of dead bodies. Yeah. Like. It's a lot oh, of dead. So sad. So then early on the morning of July 3rd, Union forces of the 12th Army Corps pushed back a Confederate threat against Culp's Hill after a seven-hour firefight and regained their strong position. Believing his men had been on the brink of victory the day before, Lee decided to send three divisions, preceded by an artillery barrage, against the Union Center on Cemetery Ridge. So he thinks he's got like a good, he thinks this is going his way. Sure. I mean, yeah. you ha- at this point, you really got to just go in with confidence. Yeah. Fewer than 15,000 troops, led by a division under George Pickett, would be tasked with marching some three quarters of a mile across open fields to attack dug-in Union infantry positions. Seems not a good idea. <laughs> like, this is where they started making incorrect plays, because you're marching across an open field, hello, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. At any point, if you, as a general, say, let's march across open field. No. You, we really got to get a new plan. Mm -hmm. It, it never, when has, I beg, I beg of any war historian, when has marching across open field been successful? We didn't have any other plan? No plan. Uh, It's like, okay, I give up. Just go, just, just head towards them. Just, just, How about just, that? just walk it. Just walk Just, just march. Just, just walk. march it. Oof. It's a walk with gusto. March, march, march. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So despite Longstreet's protests, Lee was determined. And the attack, later known as Pickett's Charge, went forward around 3 p.m. Why are they doing this, like, in the height of heat? Like, it's been warm all day. Maybe because it is so. Well, no, I guess it's so hot around the late afternoon. You're right. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I just feel Couldn't like, do you. this in the dark time. In the dark time. The dark time, you know? <laughs> you know that thing called the dark time? Oh, my God. We so need vacations. Oh, my God. You're, you're in Disney me. World, and I'm in the dark time. I know. You're in the dark times. <laughs> Enjoy it there. Oh, my God. Dark times. So Pickett's Charge went forward at 3 p.m. after an artillery bombardment by some 150 Confederate guns. The Union infantry opened fire on the advancing rebels from behind stone walls while regiments from Vermont, New York, and Ohio hit both of the enemy's flanks. Yes, they're hi- this is correct. They're hiding behind things. Yeah. They're correct. hiding behind things, shooting the people that are just openly walking towards them. Hey, hi, hello. No. Caught from all sides, barely half of the Confederates survived. And Pickett's division lost two-thirds of its men. I mean, that is sad. Yeah. As the survivors stumbled back to their opening positions, Lee and Longstreet scrambled to shore up their defensive line after the failed assault. I just feel like this was a a very incorrect (laughs) military decision. We don't march towards people hiding with guns. No. You really don't. It's just... You just think it would be better that it would be better mm-hmm. because like at some, like at some points there, they did show military acumen. Right. 
And then it's just, I think, in the, I guess, in the heat of the moment, literally, you know, you got to make some tough calls. And man, this is the price when the calls are wrong. They wrong. are some, there's some steep consequences to bad military calls. Yeah. So let's talk about the aftermath. Those were our three days of fighting. Let's talk about what happened after it was over. As many as 51,000 soldiers from both armies were killed, wounded, captured, or missing in the three-day battle. The carnage was overwhelming, but the Union victory buoyed Lincoln's hopes of ending the war. I mean, yeah. It's kind of one of those where it's like, obviously, it's a Union victory. Right. But it's also, at the same time, like, a victory for neither. Because it's just like... It's so 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 horrific. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many people who died, and it wasn't like... And really, it was a grave mistake on the part of the Confederates to send these people. Like, if they hadn't done that, they would have many more soldiers with yeah. whom they could then later plan another attack. Yeah. And and probably a better one. But yet they marched yeah. into this field towards the Union soldiers who had guns drawn and they wiped out two thirds of this regiment. Like, yeah. With Lee running south, Lincoln expected that Meade would intercept the Confederate troops and force their surrender. However, Meade had so no such plan. Oh, my God. These generals are just not in sync with Lincoln. I know. They're not really forceful. Even as Lee's escape was hampered by the flooding on the Potomac, Meade did not pursue them. When Lincoln learned of this missed opportunity on July 12th, he lamented, quote, We had only to stretch forth our hands... And they were ours. I'm with Lincoln. I'm like, yeah, you I'm with Lincoln. That he is completely decimated. Mm-hmm. And you didn't go after him at all? We didn't even try? We didn't even try. Okay. Curious. Months later, in November of 1863, a portion of the Gettysburg battlefield became a final resting place for the Union dead. President Lincoln used the dedication ceremony at the Gettysburg Soldiers National Cemetery to honor the fallen and reassert the purpose of the war in his historic Gettysburg Address, which we do have a full episode on, but here's an excerpt. Quote, The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. End quote. Mm-hmm. His 272-word speech ended with the following, quote, From those honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people by the people for the people shall not perish from the earth. And I think we said it on the Gettysburg Address episode, but good speech. It's a good speech. It's It's definitely a good speech. I have a lot to say about speeches and a lot of the the text that you forced me to read on this podcast i know because it's normally bad it's a lot of run-on sentences and lingering things and no he was a great orator i believe i I think the difference is that it 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 is written 
And this is obvious because this is what it was intended to be, but it's written as something that is meant to be read out loud. Right. And I think that's the difference when, like, we have to read out loud yield documents that were right. not meant to be read out loud. No, it's no, like no. They're meant catch... to, like, put everything down on paper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this, I'm like, I get the cadence. There's yeah. punctuation for yeah. the breaths. It's like, I understand Also because it's why. so short. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so economical. Like, there's no there's no word in there that you're like, okay, we could have cut this okay. by two pages. You know? It's yeah. not like when you go to a show and you're like, I feel like we could have cut out 20 minutes from Act 2 and still easily. gotten where we were and been okay. Easily. This could have been 90 minutes. This could have been 90 minutes, no intermish. Oh, could have been 90 minutes, no intermish. The yummy, yummiest of yummies. Yeah. And then, not in the notes, but if you don't know, other aftermath is that the Union eventually won the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> I did forget to put that in. I'm glad you mentioned. And that's fine. I'm glad that's you mentioned. Fine. It's it's what there are a couple of things that I feel like we don't need to say. <laughs> One of them being the that Union, the won, union the war. won the Civil War. If you yeah. if we're not coming to the table with that, then whew. We gotta Ooh. we gotta go back to Nat Geo kids, you know what I mean? And like Seriously. really start from the beginning. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah. I would not have wanted to have been in Gettysburg at any oh. point. Nope. In the eighteen Hamanishas. Nope. I would go now. Sure. Not yeah. in the summer. Not in the summer. Maybe in the fall. But like early spring. Yikes, big yikes. Yeah. Early spring would be fine. But yeah, we'll have to put it on our our infamous, ever-growing uh, list of places that we do have to go to. <laughs> gotta go check out oh the Gettysburg. My God. I know. Gotta, gotta see what, what, what was up. I bet it'd be weird. I bet it I would be, be weird. weird. I feel like I've driven... Where is... Hold on. I want to look up where Gettysburg is, because I feel like I've driven past it. Name its nearest city. I mean, it is its nearest city. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Perfect. it's like, it's, you know, maybe, I don't even know how far that is. Maybe like an hour from Baltimore. Probably an hour from Harrisburg, maybe. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Hershey. Hershey. There we go. Yep. There we go. Everybody go take a look at, uh, at Gettysburg. Go visit. Go pay your respects. And we will, too. We will, yes. too. With that said, that is the end of the Battle of Gettysburg episode and if you like what you heard you can find us on twitter and instagram at let's get civical as always please rate review and subscribe to us we love you so so much and we will see you next wednesday goodbye